You know, Winnipeg fans recently haven't been getting used to too many losses. The Jets just really don't lose that many games, and they haven't so far this year. In fact, until this evening, they'd only lost back-to-back games, I think, once this season, and now they have made it twice, this time falling to the Vegas Golden Knights. Very frustrating loss. We'll break it down on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets and continue our quarterly skater reporting cards coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Doing so is completely free of, of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support, and thank you, for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, like I said, uh, obviously we're going to have to talk about what happened against Vegas, and I <laughs> I really hate the Golden Knights, man. I, I don't know if there's a hockey team out there that I hate on the ice more than I hate Vegas. This franchise, for like the last five years, all they do is just exist to torture us. I mean, let's be honest. Ever since that first season that they entered the league, where we all thought it was going to be our year and we were going to be able to watch the Jets hoist a cup, this this Knights team, man, has just existed to prolong our suffering. They've intercepted some of our trades. They have picked up players that we wanted. You know, Mark Stone going to Vegas is kind of, for me, um, one of the most unforgivable unforgivable things. You know, sometimes their moves kind of backfired. I mean, they, they took Broussard on and instead... We got Paul Stastny, and I think that worked out pretty darn well. But we all remember Flurry goalieing us in the postseason. We all know how heartbreaking that was. Still not over it, still very bitter. But, you know, the times move on, and so do the Jets. And Winnipeg came into this game, uh, the last of their regular season meetings with this Knights team, with something to prove. Now, the Knights right now are going through a bit of an injury crisis. They were without Eichel, uh, Petrangelo, Theodore, but that's not too dissimilar from the Jets. Instead, though, for Winnipeg, obviously Ehlers would be the only player who's really on the level of those three. So the other injuries for the Jets, not nearly as as high impact in terms of deployments, uh, skill and quality and all that. But still, you know, both of these teams are a little bit roughed up. And after the game, there actually came out an interesting tidbit that, you know, a number of the Jets skaters are actually under the weather. Pierre-Luc Dubois really didn't skate that much in the third period, which at, at first we kind of thought maybe it was performance related. He had a really bad night. He was kind of coughing up the puck. But as it turns out, it sounds like the team might be having the flu with guys needing to have IVs. And Dubois was one of those victims, unfortunately, which might explain why he looked a little bit slow out there. It wasn't really his usual outstanding self. So, um a lot of stuff going on in this game, but there were some really basic problems for the Jets that, despite their best efforts, kind of kept them from, from really reaching that next level. One of the first things that really stood out 
was that Vegas cut through the neutral zone very quickly on stretch passes, and it got behind Winnipeg's defense on so many occasions. It was only thanks to Connor Hellebuck that the Jets didn't concede a number of early goals on breakaways. Uh, Chandler Stevenson got in behind the Jets' defense like twice on breakaways, which is not great, and they kept trying those stretch passes. Uh, the the game-winning opportunity on the final power play of the game actually came off of um, a, a Neil Pionk hooking penalty or something because you know he and Sandberg were kind of clustered together at their own blue line, and suddenly there was a stretch pass right up the middle. I don't remember which night skater picked it up, but he was almost in through on goal, and so Pionk did what he, what he thought he had to and uh, took the restraining foul or something. So as you can tell, the stretch passing, kind of a problem for the Jets. Winnipeg in general definitely conceded a lot off the rush, not really a surprise. But all that said, the scoreline was six, still 6-5, to five, and I think the Jets actually had a couple of opportunities to even tie or take the lead. I, I think one of the best things that we saw was that power play late at the end of the game. The Jets were really putting on a clinic. They were passing around like the Harlem Globetrotters. It looked like fantastic puck movement, just really unlucky and a few block shots that kept the Jets from capitalizing on this opportunity and even winning this game. But, you know, unfortunately, for as good as the Jets' power play was, that Knights' power play ended up punishing the Jets even more. Uh, they scored a couple of late goals, and, you know, some of them were just really avoidable. Wheeler threw the puck over the glass on one opportunity. The Pionk uh, penalty, obviously, not a great infraction, even if it might have saved a goal you know, ultimately still ends up with a marker against it just a, about a minute later. So did it really prevent a goal? I, I don't know. But, you know, it is what it is. I think for me, it's just really frustrating because it felt like this game was somewhat within Winnipeg's grasp. I think, you know, parts of it where the Jets were not as competitive were especially noticeable. Like um, after the first 10 minutes or so, Vegas kind of owned the next 15 to 20. And then the, the Jets really started waking up and clawing back into the game in the back half, but it just wasn't enough. And even though the Jets did help, you know, did hold a lead throughout the game at times, you know, Winnipeg ultimately kind of shot itself in the foot and found itself on the wrong end of a six to five scoreline. But I mean, what can you do, right? Unfortunately, this means the Jets have failed to beat Vegas this season, only taking one point out of six a little bit frustrating, but also Vegas is just a better team, if we're being honest. Winnipeg is still a couple of pieces away from being that next level of quality, but they're still skating competitively, at least, and I think that there were opportunities here where they could have beaten Vegas. So it's not like they're that that far off, but the Jets do need some additional roster help if they really want to push beyond that next level and start challenging for the uh, the eventual Western Conference crown. But problems for another day. In the meantime, in just a little bit, we'll take a look at, you know, some quarterly progress reports for the players, kind of on a related note from this game, you know, how guys are doing, uh, players that maybe have stood out in a positive way, maybe some guys who might not be having the season that we all dreamed of. We'll talk about those in just a little bit and uh, give our scores for the left wing side of the Jets roster. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every basketball uh, game, hockey game, football game. Whether you're looking for college or professional, they've got you covered all, uh, all with their website. Lots of great sports are available. They've got stuff like automotive racing, horse racing when the Triple Crown is around, baseball when that season starts, and of course, World Cup footy action for those of you following uh 
the run to the World Cup Finals, which is actually going to be taking place this weekend. So get your bets in. But if you're looking for something else, they've also got Vegas casino games because your your, your life may not completely revolve around sports 100% of the time. But if it does, they've also got wonderful sports podcasts as well, keeping you plugged into your favorite sports 24-7 no matter what. As always, you know, it's very easy to get started. So register for a free account right now at betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We just sort of ran through some frustrating takeaways from a tough game against the Golden Knights, a 6-5 to loss. Uh, not, not the best outcome that we were hoping for, if I'm being honest. But, you know, it is what it is. The Jets don't lose many games, and if you're going to lose, you might as well lose to a very good team, even if it's, if it's the one that just drives me up a freaking wall. I think we all have had plenty, uh, more, more than enough servings of, of pain from this stupid Vegas team. I tell you, man, so frustrating. But before we talk about uh, quarterly progress reports for Winnipeg's left wing side, just wanted to recommend that you make your second listen of the day, Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, Locked On Sports Today helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts providing you insights that only Locked On has to offer. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, same as where Locked On Jets is available. And as always, it is free to do so. And uh, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, taking a look at the Jets, obviously, uh, the Winnipeg left wing side is a lot more well stocked and, and um, I would say healthy than the right side. The right side's been ailing for a while now, but the left wing side has been doing pretty okay. Uh, the first player that we're going to talk about is Cole Perfetti. Now, Perfetti, I, I think a lot of people have really been excited about, and by and large, he's very much living up to his reputation. Perfetti is, in many ways, just a genius. His playmaking ability, his skill on the forecheck, his passing and his vision, his spatial awareness, his work ethic, all of that stuff I think has really come to bear. And you've seen it result in quite a few good, you know, good assists, a couple of goals that he's notched this year, just a really well-rounded performance. And it's gotten to the point where when he's playing with Shifley, they can actually carry Wheeler together. You know, Blake is now getting into more shooting positions. He doesn't have to do a lot of the load bearing himself, which ultimately means that, you know, Wheeler's taking more shots. He's, you know, scoring a number of goals recently and just looks like, you know, he's having himself a bit of a ball. And that's thanks to Perfetti doing a lot of the transition work, a lot of the space creation and setting up those passing lanes. Now, for all of those things that I did just outline, Perfetti is still very much a work in progress in certain other areas. I think one thing for him is that sometimes he does like to force passes. You know, he's probably used to doing it at the junior level. He's only been a pro for a couple of seasons now, uh, and obviously last season he was out for a good chunk, so it wasn't even like you know he's he's a full pro yet. So this, I, I think for him, it's a bit of a learning experience, puck management, especially with how the Jets are changing how they play. You know, this team's a lot more active, a lot more aggressive, and it needs more puck movement and progression up the ice faster, which I think for a young rookie can be very difficult for the most part, right? For the most part, I think Perfetti has handled things really well. But obviously, you know, uh, you know, it's again, it's a work in progress. I still like the defensive attention to detail that he has. I've seen him pick off passes and uh, strip opponents for turnovers, which is obviously a very positive thing. And when he creates off counters, you can see him setting up really dangerous opportunities. So 
you know, he does give and he does take, but you're already seeing signs of, for me, what is going to be a superstar player for the Jets for many years. Perfetti is obviously one of the most exciting players on this team. His talent ceiling is incredible, and he's starting to really execute upon that potential and show us what it is that he's made of. And I really think that, you know, for the Jets, he was a stellar find. I can't believe that he fell to Winnipeg and they got an absolute gem of a player in him. I think that one day he could easily be an, you know, an 80 to 90 point player. It'd just be nice if he would get more power play time. I think if you put him on that first power play unit, you will start to reap the benefits. Kid is a genius on the ice, uh, very lovable personality, just exactly what you want in one of our young star prospects who is going to form one of the backbone pieces of our future core. Now, uh, as far as like a season rating is going to be concerned, uh, I feel like a B plus would probably make sense. Maybe a B, mostly because of the puck management stuff. That is actually a pretty consistent problem with him. But like I said, he's a young prospect. It's not like he's a veteran doing this. I think it's more about sort of balancing um, how much you can sort of get away with and also understanding how to manage the puck under pressure. Once he kind of sorts that stuff out, I think his performance is going to be a lot better. It's just when he reaches that point, you know, it, it'll take some time. Now, one other player that we're going to talk about before we take a quick pause is Kyle Connor. This one I think is pretty short for me. Uh, KFC has had a monster year in not scoring somehow. Uh, I, I've never really seen Kyle shoot this many great scoring opportunities on net and somehow still not find the back of the net all that often. It's crazy. Like he's super cursed this year. Now he's actually still contributing a ton of offense. He's creating plenty of dangerous opportunities, still doing those magical one-on-ones. It's just for some reason, he's not really finding the back of the net. And I don't understand how that is, uh, whether it's goalies or, or misfortune, something block shots, maybe, I don't know. He just seemingly can't seem to buy himself all that many goals, despite putting himself in some of the best positions uh, that any of the jet scores are getting into. So I do think at some point the, the floodgates will open and he'll start bagging even more, but even now he's still grabbing plenty of assists. It's just for him, you know, he's a natural sniper. He wants to, he wants to be the guy uh, punishing goalies and capitalizing on mistakes. And for some reason it's just not happening right now, but all that said, I, I still think for his season so far, um, hmm, B minus. I think a B minus, considering he's supposed to be one of our lead goal scorers, and we know, we know that his defensive impact is kind of a problem. I I think that's probably a fair assessment, and it's not necessarily something that's entirely his fault. Uh, but obviously, for what he's being paid for and what we need him to do, it's it's been a bit of a tougher start to the year, but. Still a phenomenal player. I expect this quarterly report card grade is definitely going to increase. It's just he just has to have a little bit of puck luck at some point and see his shooting percentage jump. Now, there are a few more left wings to get through, and we'll talk about those in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. We're just closing out real quick tonight with some final thoughts on uh, Winnipeg's left side. Now, I will be honest, I, I don't always remember who all of the left wingers in the bottom six are because, quite honestly, they do change pretty frequently. It just depends on what orientation Bones wants to run and which, you know, players are, are healthy. We've seen guys kind of shooting on their offsides. Um, sometimes they reverse flanks. It doesn't really seem to matter all that much to the coaching staff. But all that said, based on the current lineups uh, that I can recall, 
I'm going to go with the stuff before they started playing Gustafson at left wing, which I believe um, we've had Baron and at one point Harkins. We've already talked about Harkins. Uh, so I'm going to talk talk a little bit about Sakuma Nalainen, who has predominantly been playing on the left side where Baron was this evening and kind of go from there. We'll start off with Saku. I, I think this one has probably been one of the more disappointing signings for the Jets. When he was in training camp, I thought Menelainen looked really aggressive. I thought his forechecking prowess is notable. He has great passing and vision. Um, and I think that was obvious when he would get into the slot area and around the goal mouth. He could set up opponents uh, or set up line mates for, for great scoring opportunities and thread the needle between opponents like pretty much most of the top guys on the team. He's got an extra level of skill. He's got that pizzazz, and he's also got a very intense physical presence. So I thought things would pan out a lot better than they have. Unfortunately for Saku, consistency has been an issue. And honestly, like the puck management thing that he's got going on is really rough. Whether it's exiting the defensive zone, turning it over in the neutral zone, sometimes just blindly firing passes into opposing skaters, Something about his game just isn't really clicking, and I feel like of the depth players that we've had so far, he's probably ranked near the bottom. And it's really unfortunate because I feel like on paper and from some of the early preseason showings, there was a lot to like about Manalainen. Even in his like first couple of games, I thought, you know, here's a guy, bonafide bottom sixer, a nice signing, and I thought he would be a guy that I really wouldn't want benched this early into the season. But I feel like he's already being supplanted in the lineup, uh, which is good, right? Competition's great. It's just a little bit disappointing because I thought he would be the exact kind of player who would really fit Bones' system and be a, a valuable asset. But so far, a little bit underwhelming, kind of inconsistent. He's had a couple of nice goal-scoring opportunities, a couple of solid points, just not really putting it together on a consistent enough basis to where I feel like he's really stamped his authority on this roster spot, which for me is kind of surprising. I thought... His position wouldn't really come into question, but, you know, 25, 30 games into the season, we've got to start asking what it, what, you know, what exactly it is that he's doing better than some of the guys he's competing with. Now, one of those players who actually just came back from injury that he is vying for, uh, for ice time from is Morgan Barron. Uh, Barron actually just came back at a really opportune time since now Manalainen is out for uh, a month plus. So, you know, I guess it really couldn't have worked out any better for Baron just to finally get healthy now. Morgan, I think, uh, for me, kind of in a similar boat to Mendelainen, a little bit inconsistent. Some parts of his game I like. He's got a great shot. He does seemingly have pretty good spatial awareness, and his passing can be very nice. He's also a bit of a, a physical forechecker. It's just whether all of that really packages up into uh, a middle six forward of quality, I think, is still... To be determined. I think he's a work in progress. You see signs of him being a really solid NHLer. It's just how often will he put that game in and game out, you know, all together. And I think it's put a little bit of a question mark for me as to where he'll eventually settle. I think for me, he's probably ideally suited to like a fourth line role eventually, but we'll see if he's like a fourth liner who's quality. I think that would be great. You know, some extra scoring punch and skill in your, um, your bottom matchup, or bottom matchup minutes, I think, would do the Jets a world of good. But in terms of anything above that, I'm I'm not sure yet. I think he can do third line minutes and handle them, you know, relatively well. It's just, you know, eventually the Jets will probably have better options, and I think Baron will eventually get uh, a little bit of a demotion to a a deeper depth role. But 
for for Manalinen and Baron, I think the fairest thing for me to do is probably not give Baron a rating. I think for Manalinen, I'm just going to give him a C so far. It just hasn't really fit, um, and I feel like his performance again a little bit inconsistent. Baron's not really been healthy enough for me to give a grade. If I absolutely had to, I would probably have him somewhere around C plus. I, I think that's probably where you know the, the fairest assessment lies. Both guys have had some issues this year. Hopefully they both kind of iron them out once they're fully healthy. But in the time being, you know, it's going to be up to Baron to really carry uh, Manalainen's uh, load. And hopefully that results in some good scoring opportunities, some continued growth as he starts to figure out the NHL level and uh, more Jets wins, please. We all love Jets wins where we don't see Vegas winning again, uh, which is always a very painful sight. But I'd be curious to know how you feel about these player ratings. Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. You can follow Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, same as we're available. And of course, it is free to subscribe. So please do that right now because we just really love and appreciate your support. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, as always, have a wonderful evening and go Jets go.